Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text from Luke, the sixth chapter. Those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, and power came out from him and healed them all. Dear friends of Christ, it's Epiphany, and during Epiphany, Jesus reveals who he is. Um, but sometimes he reveals who we are. And uh, he reveals something about the family of God, and that's what's happening today. We're going to find out about the family of God. And as it is with any family, a family at, around dinner time asks the question, so what's for dinner? And that's, a, that's mom's favorite question. What's for dinner? And, and of course, this morning we have on our menu uh, healing of every kind of disease, the casting out of all kinds of evil spirits, and Jesus gives us words of wisdom. He, he gives words of blessing and words of woe, words of curses. Are you ready to eat? Well, let's gather together as God's family. Let's sit down and listen, because that's what the crowd did in the Sermon on the Plain. The multitude sat down to hear Jesus speak. And so our theme, are you blessed or woe to you? Luke summarizes the whole event. He says, power came out of Jesus and healed them all. You know, demons, diseases, not good. Demon and diseases, that, that's kind of a spiritual brokenness, but it's not just spiritual brokenness that's in this world. It's physical brokenness. We can see the spiritual brokenness in our society. We can see the spiritual brokenness in our own homes. We can see the physical brokenness around us as well because we're all corrupted by sin. Listen, sin hasn't just affected our souls. Sin, the curse, the woe, has affected all of God's creation. Everything, everything is cursed. Every dimension. And that's why Paul writes, the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. From the sickness that affects our bodies uh, to the devastating extremes of mother nature the whole creation is groaning it's falling apart and the curse of sin affects everything and everybody it affects every dimension of our lives what is sin doing to you what has sin done to you and you know, we won't be freed from this curse of sin. It's a curse. It's a woe. We won't be freed till we die. But when we die, we're finally set free. That's a gloomy prognosis. Your whole life here on earth will be a gloomy one of woe and curse. However, there is intermittent hope of joy. There are intermittent moments where God breaks in intermittent moments those the miracles of jesus were intermittent moments of hope when the people came to him with all their physical and spiritual concerns some were demon possessed some had couldn't hear or couldn't or couldn't see and and then that intermittent moment of joy when jesus would cast the demon out or where jesus would heal them and that ultimate healing is coming for you that intermittent joy is coming for us when finally God says, I'm going to lay aside all your burdens, all your troubles, all your woes, and he's going to call you home to heaven. 
in the day of the resurrection of all flesh, when Jesus comes again. And Paul reminds us about that this morning in our epistle lesson. Christ is the firstfruits of those who have died, those who have fallen asleep. So the healings of Jesus performed generated much intermittent joy among the people. But I suspect his sermon wasn't received so well. His sermon was received with mixed reviews. Woe to you who have your bellies full. Woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you when, speak, when people speak well about you. Provocative? Yeah. Provocative but not entertaining. Jesus does not come to entertain us or to make us feel good. However, Jesus does come to bless us, right? I mean, He comes to bless us. We thank Him for His blessings. We thank Him for His daily care. We thank Him for His daily provision. We thank Him for His grace, for His mercy. We sing about His blessings. Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. Now, this is not Sermon on the Mount. This is a Sermon on the Plain, a different sermon. In the Sermon on the Plain, there, it, Jesus breaks it down into two parts. There are the blessings and there are the curses. There are the blessings and there are the woes. And again, these blessings are followed by the words of woe. The word of blessing. Uh, the blessings are what we lack in life. The things we lack, the blessings that remind us that, that we are impoverished, uh, that, that we are sick, that we are grieving, that we're hungry, that we're poor, that we're sinners under a curse. Uh, they, they, remember, they remind us of what we have that is hurting. We need Jesus to give us eternal blessings. But Jesus also speaks words of woe, and the words of woe remind us of of what we are lacking in some things, but we are over-blessed over in other areas. For example, sometimes we eat too much, and sometimes we drink too much, and sometimes we have too much pleasure, and sometimes we have too much money. Our bulging bank accounts and our belching bellies is a problem. It's a spiritual problem. And the problem is this, if your tummies are full and your bank accounts are full, do you really need Jesus? If you're living comfortable lives, do you really lean on Jesus? And if you don't need God and you don't need Jesus, are you really blessed? Or are you cursed? Jesus said, blessed are the poor. God's kingdom is theirs. Now this is different from the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are hurting inside. Here Jesus is saying, he's talking about an empty bank account. Blessed are the people who have real poverty, an empty wallet. He says, blessed are, he says it's blessed to be poor, and it's blessed to have an empty wallet. Of course, you agree, right? We all would agree with that. It's, it's much better to be poor. You know, most of the time, we completely misunderstand what it means to be blessed. Because we think that word blessed means happy. 
we get it backwards, though. We get it upside down, this whole idea, this whole concept of, of Macarius in Greek, but it means blessedness. We say people are blessed when they're financially comfortable. People are happy when they have nice homes. We say people are blessed when they have a wine cellar filled with expensive wine. It's the other way around, Jesus says. We say people are blessed when they sleep securely at night because they don't have to worry about the basic necessities of life. We're wrong. We're also wrong, too, when we tend to think that people are cursed because they're poor. People are cursed because they have nothing. People are cursed. We, have, we get things backwards. We think, we think the woes should be spoken to those who have empty cabinets and, and empty tables and empty homes. Woe to those of you who have empty wallets. We think woe means you have nothing. Nope, not according to Jesus. According to Jesus, we're wrong. Jesus talks about the importance of clinging to heavenly treasures. Treasures that last forever. Clinging to faith like, a, like it's a pearl of great price. But we don't cling to faith very well. We don't value these heavenly treasures either. Heavenly treasures don't have much appeal when our eyes are focused on earthly treasures. Heavenly treasures don't draw us when we have our eyes on the things of this world that draw us in. And I dare, would dare to say this is probably the big reason why church attendance in America has, has plummeted across the United States of America. Now, could we blame it on COVID? Sure, we could blame it on COVID, but the problem is deeper than that. It's a, it's a spiritual problem, and we've allowed ourselves, our bellies, to be full, and we've gotten spiritually lazy, not coming to church, not feeding ourselves, not being trees planted by streams of water. We separate ourselves, and we let the dryness of the desert and the brokenness of the sin of the world around us have its way with us, and we wither and we perish. The problem lies much deeper than COVID. Spiritually lazy, we say we don't need Jesus. I don't need Jesus. You know, when we pay too much attention to the riches of this life, it's difficult. It's difficult to desire the heavenly treasures that will one day be ours in the eternal inheritance. Very difficult to get too excited about that. When we have castles of our own making here on earth, it's very difficult to get excited about the mansions that will be ours in heaven. It's hard to fall down on our knees and pray, Lord, have mercy, when we find that we've made ourselves Lord, Lord of our own castles, and we serve ourselves. Now pay attention to what Jesus is really saying. And he's not saying that the poor are going to go to heaven because of their poverty. And he's not saying that the rich are going to go to hell because of their wealth. No. Jesus is saying, don't count yourself blessed because you're rich. And don't count yourself cursed because you're poor. 
Nope, flip it around. Think like Jesus thinks. Consider poverty a blessing. In the light of our heavenly kingdom, consider the great wealth that you will one day possess. You will get an inheritance, a reward that far outweighs any riches and treasures you you had on this earth. And on the converse side of things, think of wealth as a woe. Think of wealth as something dangerous, something a potential stumbling block to your faith. Consider wealth as a possible curse that could lead you away from Jesus. Be a, a spiritual distraction from the things that are eternal. You understand what Jesus is saying? Jesus blessed the disciples in their hunger. He cursed the people whose bellies were full. They didn't need Jesus. I want you to put this image into your brain. Think of yourself as a beggar, dressed in tattered clothes and sitting at the foot of Jesus and begging Him for His mercy and begging Him for His grace because the things that you don't have, Jesus possesses. And you can't provide it for yourself. You can only receive from the table of Jesus what comes to you, His body and blood. And you come to Him and you say, Lord, there is nothing good in me. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. I'm a poor beggar. Fill me. Water me. Make me grow. You need what Jesus offers because without Him, you have nothing. Like a beggar, hunger equals need. Need equals dependency. Then you're totally dependent on your Heavenly Father, on Jesus to live. And when you're dependent on Jesus, you are blessed. When you're dependent on Jesus, you're blessed. Do you get it? The woes and the blessings? We are totally dependent on every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. Like a tree planted by the streams of water, as Jeremiah said, and as Psalm 1 says that we read earlier in our service. We are totally dependent upon His mercy and grace. Totally dependent on His life and salvation that He offers. We're nothing without Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Live as if you're in need. Hunger for that salvation. Do that and you'll be blessed. Don't get caught up in all the things of this world. Now again, think of it this way. You know, we need every calorie, every spiritual calorie, every crumb of our Lord's forgiveness. We need every gram, every ounce of grace. And when bread of life is served from God's menu, we'll be there at Christ's table to receive the bread of life in his, and His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, sporting a healthy appetite. Blessed are you. Or in absence from the table, woe to you. Jesus says, Blessed are you who weep, for you shall laugh, but woe to you who laugh now, for you shall weep and mourn. 
It said laughter is the best medicine. But unfortunately, there's nothing funny about our, our sinful nature and the curse of sin and our sinful condition. And Jesus wants to know the purpose of this life is not to live and not to be happy all the time, but to be blessed. The purpose of life is to be saved. The purpose of life is to be faithful. To be faithful to God's Word, to be faithful to His sacraments, and many times the recipe being faithful to His Word and faithful to His sacraments is a recipe for grief. It's a recipe for sadness. It's a recipe for tears. Jesus says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when people exclude you, and when people revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, on account of Jesus. Make a public stand on Jesus. Tell people that all sexual sins are sinful. And that includes homosexual sins. See how society stands against you. If you deviate from society, society will plunge you into persecution. And so it goes. There is not happiness in that. But there is a blessedness. But take heart, Jesus is the source of all blessings. Jesus was blessed Himself. He was poor. He was hungry. He was mourned. He was reviled. He was rejected. He was persecuted. He was crucified. He left the riches of His Father's heaven to come to live in the curse of this world, just like you and I do. The Bible says it this way, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for our sake He became poor so that by his poverty we might become rich. Jesus emptied himself. He became nothing. Jesus knew the joys of heaven, but left them so that you could have the joys of heaven. He joined us in our sorrow. He joined us in our brokenness, in the curse of this sin-filled world. Why? To free you from the curse. To bear your burden that you might be blessed blessed through his suffering and pain he is a sin bearing substitute he wept with us he endured with us he suffered with us he came to seek and save the lost and yet he was blessed he was exalted he ascended into heaven He sits at the right hand of the power of God. And Hebrews says, Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Blessed. Jesus seems to remind us that things are not as they might seem. How do things seem in your life? God works in unexpected ways. Blessings are curses, and curses are blessings. And We look at things completely upside down. We see them backwards. But in heaven, things will be right side up again for all eternity. In the meantime, well, walk in the confidence of your faith. Live in the confidence of your salvation. In those intermittent moments of hope. And live in that glory. You're blessed. Amen.
Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.